You are now on air. Audio date is 01.02.2024. Current time is 07.16 a.m. Eastern Time here in upstate New York. That's the southern tier of upstate New York where I live and reside on this Tuesday morning. Good morning and Happy New Year. Rich Roberts, Fireman Rich here on Spotify for Podcasters app and this is the fireman rich audio podcast and i do hope everybody had a good start to their new year we are in a new year the old year is behind us so we're moving forward into this 2024 and um Currently this morning, I do have the morning coffee. Running a tad late, but uh, we're getting it beginning. We will be getting a audio podcast in nonetheless. And um, I hope uh, your start to your day is a hashtag positive start to the day. Hashtag PSTTD as far as we get uh, things rolling. And uh, the first audio podcast for the new year that sounds great and we're using the we're continuing using the uh spotify for podcasters app on my lg stylo 5 android track phone no even though i do have a new samsung a23 not the top of the line a23 but a23 uh g5 or 5g uh android track phone uh, upgraded. I, Santa Claus brought me a new phone, so I have it sitting here with all the social media. But I'm not going to be using that for... Let's go ahead and back out the uh, intro music. I'm not going to be using the um, the new phone for the podcast. I enjoy using this LG Stylo 5. So it's going to be plugged into the iRig 2, which is plugged back into the uh, Behringer 80. Two and uh, into the 80 Behringer 802 is plugged the uh, the old older than dirt iPad first generation <laughs> um, mid uh, that uh, has the uh, CAD U37 microphone that I like using doing the podcast uh, plugged into it. So that's how you get the uh, the audio for my voice. And um, on the iPad mini, I use the Boss Jock app that uh, has the uh, sound effects. So it works per- quite well on the uh, desktop here as far as, um, uh, and then again, it's all plugged into an iRig 2 that's on the uh, LG Stylo 4 track phone. They get the uh, great sound effects, even though the microphone's pretty decent on that, but the, you don't get the uh, additional audio music that uh, you can pipe in via the iRig 2 as the interface going in and utilizing the Spotify 
podcasters app is for podcasters spot podcasters for Spotify app, I guess it's called. As far as that goes, and I use, it's the old Anchor app, and uh, I enjoy using it. It's like a um, an audio studio right on the uh, the smartphone there, and uh, we're going to continue utilizing that workflow as far as doing the podcast because it works out quite quite well. And setup is uh, just a little bit setting up, making sure you got the audio levels right and and all that. So it's not that that bad. But we're getting our uh, day started here. We're currently here in the southern tier of upstate New York. It's about uh, thirty two degrees. Fahrenheit, which uh, that equates, I know that one on the Celsius, that's zero degrees Celsius, but I'm plugging it into the computer just to make sure. Yep, there it is, zero degrees Celsius, so it's a little cold out uh, this morning as we're getting the day started. We're going to have some clouds uh, this morning. Uh, we'll give way to generating sunny skies this afternoon, high up in the 42 degree uh, range. So it's going to get warmer. Winds out of the west at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Sun will be rising this morning at 0734, which is in about, um, let's see, 34, that's less than uh, about 10. Uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, thereabouts, 13 minutes of summer. It's getting a little daylight out there right now, looking out the window, and it is cloudy. We got some cloudy skies going there. Sun will be rising, though, though in a little more than 10 minutes, and uh, sun will be setting this afternoon later at 4.45 p.m., so see right there. Uh, between last month and this month, it was at 4.30. Now we're at 4.45. We're getting a little bit more longer days of daylight. And uh, I'm really enjoying the uh, the weather as far as going out for the morning walk. It's um, not that icebox cold. Knock on wood. Let's keep it away. Hopefully in January, it'll, it'll be, be the same as December. But I'm not holding my breath. February, it'll probably be cold. It, it will, that's when we get the icebox cold. As far as that goes, uh, let's see our world times and temperatures as I speak. Uh, starting out in Honolulu, Hawaii, at two. Oh, wait a minute, we got to connect that to the. That's connected to the internet. What's going on? Hmm, my world clocks don't have the temperature. What's going on there? Hmm. Well, we're going to have to skip the world times and uh, we can give you the times, but it's sort of, I'm looking for the temperatures there. Oh, what's going on there? That's, let me see. Let me turn off the uh, internet and then I'll turn it back on. Maybe it didn't uh, catch. Let's see. We'll plug it onto that one. And so a little... Okay, there we go. We got the internet. Okay, there we go. We got it connected now. In Honolulu, Hawaii at 2.23 a.m. Uh, currently is uh, uh, clear skies with little clouds, 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Phoenix, Arizona at 5.23 currently. It is uh, clear skies, uh, 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, nice and eh, not not. Phoenix can get pretty hot during the summer, so that's a nice cool temperature for, for Phoenix. In Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City at 623 a.m. currently. 
uh, clear skies with some cloudiness, 28 degrees Fahrenheit. New York City, the jungle, they're a little colder than we are this morning. Ooh, that's interesting. Clear skies, though, in New York City, and it's 30 degrees Fahrenheit. In Cork, Ireland, going across the pond, as it is called, or I like calling it, um, the Atlantic Ocean. Cork, Ireland at 1224 p.m. currently. It's cloudy skies, 47 degrees Fahrenheit. And in Milan, Italy at 124 p.m. Cloudy skies, 39 degrees Fahrenheit. And in Kuala Lumpur, uh, going in Kuala Lumpur at 8.24 p.m. Uh, it's raining in Kuala Lumpur. we got rain showers, 82 degrees Fahrenheit. And in Tokyo, Japan, where incidentally, there's um, an ongoing story right now. They had an um, a aircraft incident where uh, there's an aircraft, a very large aircraft that hit a Japanese Coast Guard plane. Um, the passenger plane had 300 passengers on board and all of them from what the early reports are saying have been um, evacuated from the aircraft so there's no injuries there but the um, the Japanese Coast Guard plane that took the hit uh, the pilot was able to um, get out of the aircraft but the five crew members are um, are missing so they're presumed to be uh, deceased so there's an ongoing incident going on right now as I'm doing this uh, uh, audio podcast so uh, and uh, it's 9 25 p.m. currently in Tokyo and they've got clear skies 45 degrees um, Fahrenheit so um, the weather conditions and you know if everybody um, uh, unless you're under a rock, um, they did have a um, uh, earthquake, a 7.4, 7.5 magnitude earthquake over there um, in Japan, the western side opposite of Tokyo uh, yesterday. And um, so it's not looking too good over there in Japan right now. So um, uh, thoughts and prayers are with all those people over there. Hopefully everything gets um, settled out. I think there was a report of 30 people deceased on the earthquake, which is quite low given the uh, severity of the earthquake. So um, thoughts and prayers are for the people over there in the country of Japan. In uh, Australia, Melbourne, Australia at, at 11.26 p.m., uh, Clear skies with some cloudiness, 66 degrees Fahrenheit. And in Sydney, Australia, uh, at 11.27 p.m., cloudy skies and 74 degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, those are world times and temperatures as I speak. And uh, again, I was uh, running just a tad late because I was reading some of the articles and uh, uh, concerning the plane crash. Uh, plane incident because the aircraft was landing and it appears uh, that the uh, Japanese Coast Guard aircraft was a little too further too fur uh, a little too far uh, off of the taxiway into the active runway and it clipped the um, landing um, uh, 
passenger plane there with 300 passengers. So the video is quite compelling. So, um, um, and there is a live feed going on, I believe, on YouTube right now from several news agencies as far as that goes. So I'll be following up on that after this uh, audio podcast. Uh, let's see our thought for the day this morning as we continue um, comes from um, okay where did I put it there it is comes from uh, a person I don't think I've ever had a quote from before and that is uh, uh, Saint Jerome Jerome is also known as Jerome of Striden was an early Christian priest confessor Theologian, translator, and historian. He is commonly known as St. Jerome. Jerome was born in Striden. The exact location of Striden is unknown. It is possible Striden was located in uh, the modern Croatia, Croatia and Slovenia. That's down uh, around the old uh, country of Yugoslavia before it got broken up into five or six different uh, separate countries there. Um, but St. Jerome's quote in our thought for today goes as follows. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. <laughs> so takeaway on that is uh, we should all be looking at our, ourselves um, to uh, self-improve as far as that goes. That's the thing that pops out at me right away as far as that goes. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. <laughs> so there's a progression of uh, improvement there as far as it's expressing. So a good, uh, um, pretty simple, but uh, great quote from uh, St. Jerome there uh, to give you something to think about for today. Uh, let's see, our national day today. Ooh, we got a good one. I know what we're going to do. I think we had this one last year. But uh, let's see, we have National Buffet Day. That's a good one. But, uh, you know, after all the holiday activities there, starting uh, there and during Christmas, going into the New Year's, uh, uh, we probably overstuffed ourselves. I know I did. Probably on all the candy I've been eating. <laughs> as far as that goes but it's only once a year so uh let's see I, I probably ate enough candy to last me the whole year though um let's see we got national buffet day well that's a good one traditional let's see national personal trainer awareness day yeah eh. we might need a, uh, a personal trainer to get off all the extra poundage national science fiction day now this is an interesting one because normally during the um the week out between christmas and new year's and even after New Year's, I think, um, on the television channel, the, the sci-fi uh, television channel, they um, do a 24-hour marathon of um, uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, so uh, that's that's science fiction in a sense. So um, you get your science fiction on. Uh, we're gonna go with National Cream Puff Day. I like cream puffs. They look good. They, like I really need the sweets after eat all that candy here the last several days. But National Cream Puff Day on January second is the dessert and pastry lovers alike to celebrate the their delicious French uh, creation all day long. Hashtag National Cream Puff Day. Originating in France, cream puffs are also known as uh, peripheral and 
crux a la cream. Cream puffs are a French dessert pastry filled with whipped cream, pastry cream, or ice cream, or custard. They may uh, be served plain or can be decorated with chocolate sauce, caramel sauce, and dusted with white powder. Borrowing, borrowed from the French, the word uh, peripheral has uh, existed in the English existed in English since 1604. The cream puff has been found on uh, been found in United States restaurants or on United States restaurants menus since 1851. Uh, to prepare the cream puff, a uh, pastry chef pipes a uh, crux paste through a bag, a pastry bag or drop dropped with a pair of spoons into a small bowl onto a pan and then baked to form hollow puffs. After cooling, the cream puffs are injected with a um, filling using a pastry bag and narrow pipe tip or by slicing off the top and fills the puff and then reassembling it. So you're sort of dissecting the cream puff. So today is National Cream Puff Day. So go to your local pastry, get a couple of cream puffs, and enjoy. Okay, we do have a, um, a um, interesting article. That's one of the main features of the uh, Fireman Rich Audio Podcast is to present a interesting, good story, positive story uh, because I'm always one to say and I, I haven't really been saying it that much here on the podcast audio podcast and that is um, uh, even interesting news articles but interesting news articles to where they are interesting funny and positive because we know what the rest of the news is it's all crap news in a matter of speaking um, the only reason I, I talked about that aircraft incident because it's happening like right now and I'm fixated on it because um, my job that I used to do uh, when I was in the United States Air Force was aircraft rescue firefighting. So um, I can relate to what the uh, firefighting crews are doing right now to mitigate the um, the fire scene there on the, uh, the runway at that particular airport over Japan. So um, it's... A, a little interesting to me. It may not be interesting to you, but um, it is ongoing news and stuff that um, um, that's happening like right now. But if you're listening to this on the replay, it's already happened. So um, you can always go back and uh, um, uh, at your leisure to, to check up on that particular story. This particular story, though, is an interesting one uh, on the science side. It's the first time ever scientists find planet almost as big as its host star, which would be its sun. How little we know about the universe, in a matter of speaking, because that doesn't seem normal, a planet being almost as big as its sun. Because our sun is huge. It's huge as far as that goes. But far out in the galaxy, uh, astronomers at Penn State have found a planet that is just a little bit smaller than its host star. A surprising find set to potentially change the established ideas of planet formation. Because I guess the, the general consensus is that your sun 
or star for the solar system that you're in is always going to be a, a lot larger than the planets that are circling around it. Science news is filled with headlines of discoveries that clash with established theories known only to the scientists researching them. And and not to the general public. But the idea of a planet almost as large as the star it orbits is intuitively very strange to anyone who even, with even a vague understanding of space system dynamics, and uh, basically don't know how the universe, but we look at our sun, we know the sun is huge. The planet Jupiter is huge. But the sun is even huger than that. So um, to give you a, um, a comparison, the exoplanet is twice the mass of any known body that orbits its star. That's the planet that they're talking about that's almost as large as its sun. Um, let's see. The exoplanet is twice the mass of any known body that orbits its star in less than 10 days. So its orbit is 10 days. So that that's whirling around. It takes us, what, 365 days to circle our sun? And weighs in at about 1 300th of the mass of, the, of its star, which may not sound like much, but when you compare it to Mercury, okay, now, Mercury is a little bit smaller than the Earth, but Mercury is closest to the Sun. Mercury, the closest planet to our Sun, uh, is 93 million times smaller. And you have some understanding of the magnitude of, of the discovery. This planet is pretty big. The discovery really drives home the point of just how little we know about the universe, said uh, uh, Zufrath Mahadran Drav. Did I say that right? Let's see. Let's 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 ask Google to pronounce it for me. Let's see. Do I have it here? There we go. Zufrath Mahadevan. That's who it is. Zufrath Mahadevan. Zufrath Mahadravan. Dravan. Mahadravan. Okay. I'm using Google uh, Translator to assist in the pronunciation of this professor's uh, uh, name here. Okay, getting back to the article. Uh, professor of Astronomy and Astrophysics at Penn State and co-author of the paper uh, describing the discovery. And he goes on to say, we, won't ex we wouldn't expect a planet this heavy around such a low mass star to exist. Maha, Professor Mahadevan uh, and his colleagues were using a 10-meter Hobby Ebola telescope at McDonald Observatory in Texas to survey low-mass stars and managed to identify LHS 3154, an M-type star, which is called uh, a cold dwarf and is the uh, least massive and least hot kind of uh, uh, star that's out there in the uh, outer space. <laughs> My technical term, outer space. <laughs> uh, 
Very quickly, they use uh, the transit method to determine there was a planet passing between the view of the telescope and the star every 3.7 days. And the uh, apparent wobble it was causing in the possible in the position of the star indicated that it was a massive object. That's how they can tell the planet is, the way it wobbles compared to what's behind it as far as going across it. The planet forming disk around the low mass star LHS 3154 is not expected to have enough solid mass to make this planet. Um, Professor Maha Devon said, but it's out there. So now we need to re-examine our understanding of how planets and stars are formed. So he's basically saying the planet was not formed by the star where Earth was formed circling around our sun. The two existing theories of planet formation are core um, acceleration our core acceleration and gravitational instability. Core acceleration states that uh, when stars complete their formation, a large disk of gas and dust is left over, which um, forms into planets. But the size of LHS 3154 is simply not enough to produce a planet as large as this one. And any of the uh, scenarios and uh, the team ran. So maybe it captured it. It was just floating around there and maybe the gravitational pull, that's, you know, just, I'm not a scientist, but uh, I know there's gravitational pull from planets as far as that goes. Thank you, Jupiter, that keeps all those ass nasty asteroids away from the Earth in the inner part of the solar system here. Uh, the team also considered the possibility that the planet was created outside the star system and arrived there afterwards, but if this was the case, the planet would have to have an elliptical orbit, which it doesn't. We were really struggling, like we said, okay, how can we actually form this type of planet? Another professor, an astronomer at Princeton University, and uh, uh, also a paper, paper's uh, first author told uh, the um, Astronomy magazine, I guess. The mass of dust in the uh, protoplanetary disk would have to be 10 times what the star is believed to have been capable of producing to create such a large planet. So it is, um, like I said, it's um, the overall star is a lot smaller than our, our star as far as that goes, but the planet uh, LHS 3154b 30, um, is pretty big. It's uh, a lot larger than Earth, I guess, too, from what I'm seeing on the uh, artist's rendition of the massive comparisons of these, uh, uh, these suns and planets. So there we have it. We have some things out there that just still baffle some of our smartest uh, scientists. The first time ever scientists find a planet almost as big as its host star which um, I guess for them it's hard to comprehend, but um, how it's formed, I don't know, until you actually could get out there. But uh, um, it's, it's moving around that star for sure. So uh, 
Uh, interesting article there. Okay, let's see. Our sound is good. Uh, let's see. On this day in history, let's see. We have twenty um, second. Uh, uh, Eighteen years ago today. Uh, Stardust, the NASA spacecraft, flew past the comet 81P forward slash wild and collected samples of rock and comet dust, which were returned to Earth 14 days later. The craft uh, wielded a tennis racket-like tray coating with uh, synthetic... um, um, fibers, I guess, or to collect the comet dust. And um, in 2006, seven papers were published in Natural uh, describing the contents of the samples. It included biological usable nitron, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, I don't know even it's, t- it's too... <laughs> oh, too early to be pronouncing these words and stuff, but a lot of bi- uh, other uh, substances... Um, and um, I think we have the return of another um, probe that they still haven't opened the contents yet. And um, that's where it actually landed and, and took actual samples. This uh, stardust is basically just followed behind a uh, comet where the, um, the, the most current uh, probe that returned to Earth was actually on an asteroid. So we're collecting the the makings of uh, substances, or we're collecting substances that make uh, uh, all the planets and other things out there in outer space. So it's interesting. Uh, let's see, Canada and the United States back in 1929 agreed on a plan to preserve the Niagara Falls. And if you ever get a chance to go to Niagara Falls, I strongly recommend that you, you go there. It is a, a jaw-dropping experience to see that in person. Seeing a picture of the uh, Niagara Falls doesn't do it justice. And let's see, we have... Um, Leaders of the three warring factions in Bosnia, which is a country that used to be part of the old Yugoslavia, met to discuss peace plans aimed at ending nine months of fighting in the country back in 1993. And a happy 77th birthday to Jack Hanna, the American zookeeper and director of uh, the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. I hear that's quite the zoo. And let's see, what else do we have? Uh, um, Today is uh, National Science Fiction Day, a date that honors the birth of 104-year-old literary science sci-fi genius Isaac Astamov, a Russian immigrant in Brooklyn. He taught himself to read at the age of five, skipping several, several grades, and got his high school diploma at 15. He sold his first story at the age of 19 and became famous uh, for his I, Robot, and uh, Foundation series books back in 1920, The Birth of Science Fiction. And let's see, continuing on this day in January 2nd, 1960, Senator John F. Kennedy of Massachusetts launched his uh, successful bid to become the president of the United States, but it was several years after that he was um, um, 
gunned down in assassination um, several years later. That was too bad. In 1900, U.S. Secretary of State John Hay announced the open-door policy to uh, facilitate trade with China. And in 1788, Georgia became the fourth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution of the United States. And that's about it as far as as we're past our 30-minute mark. We did have some football this uh, past weekend, and um, it was some good games. I'm a little, um, the, the Twitch broadcast that I uh, did yesterday, um, January 1st, the first uh, live stream broadcast of the new year, um, I sort of complained about the Lions-Cowboy games. There was a, there was a definitely bad call that uh, changed the outcome of that, but, uh, you know, it's... They're moving on with the playoffs. You know, they got one more week of football, and then um, we go into the playoffs. So uh, both teams are in the playoffs. But the Cowboys won that game, but uh, they nullified a two-point conversion for the Lions. And when they tried it again, they didn't get in. And it uh, caused a lot of people to be a little mad as far as that goes um the buffalo bills didn't win so that's uh, the one team i am focusing in and hoping goes all the way to the super bowl but we have one more week of regular schedule football next or this upcoming weekend and the bills are playing miami and that's is that in miami yeah that's down in miami sunday night at eight twenty. next sunday night and uh, that's the one game I'll be focusing on because if the Bills win that game, that means they win the division and that'll be good for the Bills because they've had sort of a, a little bit of an ups and down season and they sh- should have been winning a few more games than what they have so far. But uh, we'll see what happens. That's the excitement of football. And that's about it as uh, we... Um, we're at the end, and we're at 33, going to 34 minutes. And I want to try and keep this at right around that 30-minute mark as far as that goes. And uh, even though my live stream broadcast can go as much as two hours, so there's a range I go from, you know. Uh, but I do appreciate all the, um, the listens to the audio podcast here, the Fireman Rich audio podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to this next uh, this new year as far as continuing um, to do these on a regular basis Tuesdays and Thursdays unless it's the uh, um, the second and third Tuesday of this month uh, January 9th and January 23rd will be the Mixed Cloud I, I, I do uh, a Mixed Cloud broadcast instead of the uh, audio podcast here but every Tuesday and Thursday other than that I will be doing uh, this type of audio because I like doing the audio. Audio is fun. My voice, my audio. All right, folks, you all have a great one wherever you may be. Again, thank you for your listens. Uh, This is Rich Roberts, Fireman Rich on Spotify for Podcasters app. Wishing you all well, and we'll be talking to you. Take care. Live life and have fun. Ciao for now.